Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Prashant Solomon, spiritual author from India, who's been published in some of India's leading English newspapers, including the Times of India and the Hindustani Times. We'll be speaking of his pre-birth memories, past life, and more. Prashant, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's it's a real honor to be on your show. Thank you. And I would just like to say that, uh, you know, I think your show is helping a lot of people and uh, I love watching it and it's a real honor to be here. I think you're doing a great service to humanity. I appreciate that. Prashant, let's start with your pre-birth memories. Sure. So, you know, ever since I was a kid, I used to always have this, this memory, which I, at first I used to think was a dream. I used to see myself lying on a bed in a monastery, wearing brown robes like a monk. Basically, I was a monk in that dream. And it looks, uh, I, don't rem- I don't know the exact year, but it looks sort of like the 14th or 15th century Europe. There's this young monk sitting next to me and holding my hand and in some foreign language is saying something. And I understood that he was saying goodbye father. And the next thing I remember is just floating out of my body without any pain, absolutely comfort, uh, comfortably, peacefully, peaceably, peacefully, sorry. And I could actually see my, my body like from, from say maybe about, five or six feet up in the air and the monk, this young monk starts crying and he's saying goodbye, goodbye. And the next thing I, I can see this white light in the corner of the room and I just sort of get sucked into it, you know. Now what happens in between, I don't remember. The next thing I remember is sort of like, like when you look at Go- the planet Earth from space or when you look at Google Earth and you kind of zoom in so I kind of felt myself just zooming in over a city, which later on I came to know as New Delhi, India. That's where I was born. And I could see my mom and dad from this current incarnation holding hands and singing in a marketplace. All right. And my mother was wearing an orange sari and my father was wearing a light blue T-shirt and blue jeans. And they were singing a song. So they were very happy at that particular moment. And I just kept going closer and closer to my mom's stomach, you know, and 
when I was in her stomach, I look up and it's almost like looking from under a swimming pool. Like when you're underwater and you look up, you can sort of see everything sort of in ripples and you can see a little light filtering in like that. So that's how I saw my mother. And I used to have this memory. It was sort of like a recurring memory, which at first I, when I was a child, I didn't really know much about, you know, I never really heard much about past lives and things like that until a little later. So I used to keep wondering, why do I keep getting this, this dream? Like, why do I keep remembering, remembering this dream as if it's, you know, as if it's reality it was so clear. Like even now, as I'm talking to you, it just is so clear in my mind, you know? So when I was about 12 years old, I told my mom and dad about it. I, I was, we were sitting in our living room together and I was just talking to them. And I told them that, you know, I have this dream that I keep remembering and I think it's a dream, but it's very realistic. And then I told them about it. All right. So when I told them about it, they both looked at each other shocked because that actually happened when my mother was four months pregnant with me. And how they remember it very clearly is because the, the sari that my mom was wearing was this orange color sari that she had worn on her engagement. And after that, the next time she wore it was at a birthday party of one of my dad's cousins. And she remembered very clearly that she was wearing that sari on that particular day that they were singing in the market. So when they looked at me and you know they looked at each other and then when they told me that this actually happened, that's when I sort of felt that maybe that was actually my memory of my soul entering into this body. And if I could remember that, then the memory before that was of, of being a monk and actually rising out of my body. So I kind of believe very strongly that that is actually my death in my last life. So these memories, were they coming to you in dreams, meditation, or what? All right. So this particular memory that I had is just something that I've, I had this memory right from childhood, you know? So I kind of assumed that it was a dream, but I always used to wonder, like, if, like you know, because you don't always remember dreams very, very vividly, like some, some dreams you do, but this particular dream what I thought was a dream was actually I remembered it so clearly that I just could not figure out why am I getting this memory and so that's actually why I even told my mom and dad about it and you know after they sort of confirmed that that really happened I, I feel that in this particular case it was just an actual memory it was not a dream uh, I do believe that sometimes when we dream we also have these experiences maybe sometimes our dreams can, you know, rekindle some memory that you have. But this particular one that I'm telling you about from my past life was just so vivid and so clear. And it's like, I don't remember a time in my, in my life that I didn't have this memory. You know, it was just sort of like right from childhood. Mm -hmm. It's just something that used to sort of keep replaying in my mind, you know? To the point that I started getting concerned, like, why do I keep thinking about this all the time? You know, and it's only till the age of 12 that, I mean, at the age of 12, when I talked to my mom and dad, that's when, when they told me that this really happened, that came as a big shock to me. Because before that, I used to just think that this is a dream that I keep remembering all the time. 
It's like a residual memory that didn't get deleted. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now, you're living in India, you're Indian, but you're not Hindu, you're Christian, right? Correct. Yep. Even though you are Christian, I would assume that you're still very familiar with Hindu tradition and culture. Yeah, I am. I am. In India, when they talk about reincarnation, do they go so f deep as we do on the show about pre-birth and past lives and what you're doing in your past lives or pre-birth contracts? Well, from what I understand, when you talk about Hindu beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that the, the traditional belief of reincarnation is more connected to karma, basically just karma that, you know, it's like what you do in this life, the, the, your actions, your good actions, and your bad actions. And, and it's like, if you keep having, if you keep building negative karma, you have to keep coming back to this, to this world again and again for maybe hundreds or thousands of lifetimes. However, what I feel is that now with the whole awareness that is that is coming up, like, you know, like, for example, your show and uh, there are a lot of uh, books that are being written about near-death experiences and things like that. I think a new awareness is, is, is being born, even in India, where people are, are sort of looking at the whole phenomena from a you know, more modern way of thinking. So like one of the things if which which you know better than anyone, because I've, I've listened to a lot of your guests on your show, um, a lot of people who have near-death experiences don't really connect it with any particular religion. You know, a lot of people, they see a being of light and, you know, some people feel it's Jesus, some people feel it's a guide or something like that. But you don't really hear too much about religion on the other side. The people talk about source and about how, you know, we're all part of source, right? And so what I feel is that religion itself is sort of man-made. However, Hinduism, Christianity have, there's a lot of, and other religions also, they have a lot of things in common. Because like when you asked about, uh, though I'm an Indian, but I'm also a Christian, uh, I feel that Christianity also te teaches a lot of things about reincarnation. Uh, if you look at many of the teachings of Jesus, when he talked about John the Baptist being Elijah, for example, and then he talks about the, the blind beggar who was like his disciples say, was he born blind because of his sins or because of his parents? So that the fact that someone could be born blind because of their sins means that those sins had to be committed in some past life. So I feel that even Christianity has a lot uh, of similarity with, with, with Hinduism in certain teachings. Like the Bhagavad Gita is very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, so the basic teachings about love, about forgiveness, and about how God dwells inside all of us. You know, I think Jesus was the first one in, in, in the Western world who talked about the kingdom of god being inside us which is a very uh which is part of the hindu belief that we're all a part of god and ultimately we go from lifetime to lifetime and the ultimate goal is to uh you know fulfill all our karma and then be free of this cycle of rebirth you know 
as a matter of fact, when Jesus said, you know, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That is, that is another, a very similar way of looking at it. Because when, when you say you shall know the truth, it's very much like what we call self-realization. When you actually realize your own identity is that of spirit and not of the body. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by uh, a Jesuit uh, philosopher called Teilhard de Chardin, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. And he said that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And when you just let that sink into you, it just changes the whole way you think about life in general. Because you kind of realize that our true identity is that of a spirit or a soul who's currently on earth having a certain experience that many people believe has been planned out by our souls themselves. All right. Can you tell us about your past life regression? Yeah, sure. So this was in 2014. I, um, you know, I wasn't having any particular problem or any sort of a, there was no specific reason that I went for it. I just was curious because I, I, by that time, by 2014, I had already written articles on afterlife and I was just wanting to learn more. And I really wanted to experience having a past life regression. So one of my friends had uh, knew a lady in here in Delhi, in Gurgaon, who, who's a past life regressionist. So I contacted her, went, I met her, and I had this, this beautiful past life regression. And uh, it was something. It was something that you're gonna find. You're gonna find it very interesting because when when she put me in this state of hypnosis, which first of all that was the first time I was ever hypnotized in my life. All right. However, I had been meditating earlier. So what really struck me was that it's it's very much like a guided meditation. So unlike what some people feel that when you're hypnotized, people are afraid that you might lose control or you might not be in control of yourself. That's not how I experienced it. It was just like a, a being in meditation, but being guided during the meditation, right? So she asked me when she got me into that state, right? She asked me to just go to a past life, which whichever past life, she didn't specify. She said that, just go to the past life that you need to learn from right now. So it was just like I was in a state of meditation and suddenly I, you know, I saw myself or I felt as if I'm standing in this marketplace and I was a kid. I was probably about seven or eight years old and I was in this market and she asked me to look at my feet, which later on I, I learned that they ask you to look at your feet sort of to ground you in that particular reality or that memory right so uh, I looked at my feet and she asked me do you know where you are and I just sort of instinctively knew that I was somewhere in Israel all right sometime you know maybe a little a few years before the birth of Christ like around that time like around the time of Christ more or less right so something happened to me in that life I was there was this guard who was standing there like in the market you know, like a policeman of of the king or whatever. So he accused me of stealing a fruit or something like that. So he hit me on the head with a, with a stone and I fell and I actually thought I was dead. I mean, that that's what even the lady who was, you know, who was doing the PLR, 
she said, uh, keep waiting for your soul to come out, you know? So I kept sort of hovering there and I just told her that my soul isn't coming out. I'm just lying there, you know? So she said, okay, so that means you didn't die. So just follow this person and see what, what he does, right? So then after a while, I got up, that little boy got up and walked back to his house and the house was very like a sort of what you have in India, sort of like a village house, although it was in Israel. So I saw that that was not really, um, you know, very nothing very significant there, except that sitting on the bed, I saw this image of, of Sai Baba, who's an Indian saint, and also the laughing Buddha. So I was kind of wondering, like, why, why am I seeing them? Because it was not really something that I was even thinking of even remotely. So, you know, so I told her, I said, look, I see this. So she told me, that's okay. Sometimes people see visions of, you know, a particular scene to something like that. So then she says, all right, now go to the next significant part of this lifetime. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. I don't know if you, if you remember, Jeff, back in the 70s, they keep showing this around Christmas time. There was this really beautiful show about Jesus called Jesus of Nazareth. It was this six-hour uh, show. And, uh, you know, there was this man named Robert Powell who acted as Jesus. And he's one of the most famous looking Jesuses in, in, on TV. So anyhow, I've watched that show quite a bit. And maybe that's why I saw characters from that show. So that I could sort of recognize who they are. So I, I, I actually was at the marriage of, of Joseph and Mary. And I recognized them from that show, from that Jesus of Nazareth. So I was just, I was just sort of there and just observing them. Maybe I was their friend or something or related to them or something like that. Like I was there at the wedding. Okay. And that didn't really last very long. That, that, that was for like maybe a minute or two where I saw the, them getting married. And then again, she says, now go to the next significant part of this particular lifetime. Now, this is something that just blew my mind away. So I, the next thing I see is I see Jesus on the cross right in front of me, all right, like about maybe 20, 25 feet away. So I was in the crowd, all right, like when he was being crucified. And a couple of things really, really just stand out to me, okay? First of all, <clears throat> sorry, first of all, the traditional image you have of Jesus like being on the cross like that is not what I saw. I saw him sort of with his arms going around from behind and nailed this way instead of this way. So that's one that's one interesting thing that was really strange because I had never ever even heard of that. I'd never seen any images. So after I had this PLR, then when I Googled it and I tried to see were people actually crucified like that at times and and Sure enough, there, there. You will find images of people that were crucified like that, with the nail going this way. So that's one thing. Second thing that I remember that's very clear is that you know how in 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 paintings you see a halo around Jesus, right? Like Mary, Jesus, angels, they have a halo. <laughs> Sorry. So what I saw was kind of like a halo, but I've sort of realized what a halo actually was like. 
So have you ever seen a desert, like on a really hot day, you see a mirage? Mm -hmm. Like in the distance, you see that little shimmering and blurring. So when I was looking at Jesus, it was like the air around him was all sort of shimmering and blurring and shaking sort of like a mirage. Right. And that's what I realized at that time, that that is what the halo actually is, that, you know, he had so much of spiritual energy that the air around him was actually kind of like vibrating. You know what you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was looking right into his eyes and uh, in my mind, I called him Rabbanai, which means master. All right. So I said, master, like, why did you have to? do this like you know why are you suffering you know and he just sort of telepathically told me this is what i'm here for like don't feel sad for me this is what i came to earth for you know so you need to understand that and you need to tell people that don't feel bad because this that this was my mission on, on earth right <clears throat> now here's the interesting uh, like so then the lady asked me the lady doing my plr she says do you know who you were in this life? She's asking me. So I said, look, I don't know who I was because, uh, you know, I, I'm at the, I'm looking at Jesus. So I don't know who I was. She says, no, you'll, you'll get a sign. You'll get a sign. So I looked around in the crowd and there again, coming back to this movie, Jesus of Nazareth. Right. So I saw Lawrence Olivier standing there, the actor, and he played Nicodemus from from in the movie Jesus of Nazareth. So when when she told me, who were you? I said, I keep seeing Lawrence Olivier and he played Nicodemus. So what, was I Nicodemus in my last life? I don't know. But that's what the lady kind of implied to me that if he's the person that you're seeing, that's who you that's who you actually are, you know, who you were. So then what she tells me, she says, okay, now I want you to go to your death in that particular lifetime as Nicodemus, if that's who you were. So immediately as she said that, I saw myself lying down on, in like a little, you know, kind of a hut kind of a thing. And I'm an old man. And again, similar to the monk story, my soul just rose out of my body. And this time I'm seeing it like, from a distance. Like the first memory I had where I was the monk, it's like I was seeing it from the monk's eyes. All right. Here I'm kind of seeing it like as a third person, you know. So I'm actually seeing the soul of Nicodemus go up into heaven. And when I when I, you know, I see these clouds, like these golden color clouds, golden light all over. So as I went through the clouds and I come up there, I see. Jesus, he was there and he says, you know, welcome my, what was the, like, welcome my good and faithful servant, something like that, he says. And he came and he hugged me and I hugged him. And immediately after that, when I let go, Jesus had transformed into this, you know, I could best describe him looking like there's a movie called Cocoon. Back in the 80s, it was this mm -hmm. movie about these aliens. So he transformed into something that looked very much like that, like an alien. Uh, and and suddenly, like even when I looked at myself, even I kind of looked like that. So I don't know whether 
you know, that was like, that's an alien, alien. I mean, are we all aliens? I don't know. Or was, is that what souls actually look like? It looks something different from a human body, but similar. So like, you know, you have eyes, but it's like, you're like glowing. Like a light being. Like a light being, exactly. Yeah, Hmm. so that was, yeah. And another thing is that when I, when I went up and met Jesus, when he hugged me, I felt this, um, you know, really overpowering uh, feeling of unconditional love. It was just like this current of love going through me, you know. So that is something that I've heard in a lot of near-death experience stories that people feel this. They feel, A, that they're back home. That's how I felt, being back home. And B, feeling this tremendous feeling of love, of being loved. Of being loved and loving. Just this, like this unconditional, infinite kind of love. So after experiencing this, did it change your life in any way? It did. So, okay, let me just, let me just come back for a second to the past life regression. Mm -hmm. Because this is very interesting what happened when she brought me back, right? So after this entire feeling of seeing Jesus and hugging him and all that, when she brought me back, my consciousness back, right? Uh, for for at least about five or ten minutes, I actually felt completely expanded. So, you know, when people say that their consciousness expanded, I actually felt that. Like I felt like my my body was as large as the entire room. So it was like you know I could look at the ceiling and I I could actually feel kind of being part of that ceiling like my consciousness took a while to get fully back into the body right and um when when uh i came back and i told the the lady her name is roma when i told her about looking like you know seeing jesus looking like an alien so she told me that a couple of people that she has done this for in the past like some of her other clients have also sort of had memories of living on other planets and stuff like that. So she told me about a guy who is now coming to earth, but the planet he used to be from got destroyed. All right. And it's really, it's very strange. The moment she told me that I immediately just knew where that planet was automatically. So I just knew it was like 56 light years away. I just told her that, yeah, I know the planet you're talking about was is 56 light years away from the earth and and that was not my experience it was somebody else's experience that she was sharing with me but i guess since i was in that state where i was in a higher frame of consciousness at that time i actually immediately knew what planet she was talking about and now coming to what you were saying that how has it changed me yeah it just made me you know it took me almost 2 days to actually feel like the way I felt before, like I was traveling the next day after this PLR, I, I, I went to, uh, to Bombay and it was a morning flight and this PLR happened in the evening. So it was like maybe 10 or 12 hours after I had that experience, I was in the Delhi airport and I was about to get into a plane for Bombay. Right. And there are a lot of people in the, in the airport. I just felt this amazing connection with everyone. And I just felt this, I just felt this love towards everyone. I mean, 
people I didn't know. I mean, I, I consciously didn't know them. But something from inside me was just feeling love towards them. You know, it was just that I kind of realized that we're all one in that in that moment. And it's quite literal that like we're all one, like we're individuals, but yet we're all kind of part of a large family. You know, you actually feel that love towards everybody, the way you feel, you know, towards your children or to your loved ones. That's the kind of love I was feeling for everyone at that time. So it's changed my life in that way that it's a made me 100% sure about the, the truth that, you know, that we do have multiple lives and that we exist after this physical world and that we're all one. I felt that unconditional love and connection towards everybody. Do you think that we have eternal lifetimes on infinite worlds? I do. I do. I absolutely believe that. Yep. So what I believe is that we're all part of um, an extremely large, infinite creation. So, you know, we all know that we that there are billions and billions and billions of galaxies. Well, sorry, there's actually now I think two trillion known galaxies in our universe. And now there are theories that the universe itself is just part of a multiverse. And there could be infinite number of universes, right? And if you look at it, right now we're only talking about things that are level at the same size. What about the, the different levels? I mean, we, we have an entire cosmos living within us right now. There are actually more atoms in our bodies, in our bodies, that the, than there are number of galaxies. So when we talk of life, it's maybe, you know, not just this level, there could be different levels. And I feel that that there is it's infinite. I feel that we a I don't think there's any end to spiritual evolution. I feel that people like Jesus and Krishna and Buddha and you know all the, the, the great saints that people talk about, I feel that they are also still evolving into higher and higher and higher levels. I, I personally, my personal feeling is that there's no end. I believe that it's just a constant, timeless, eternal process of growing, of learning, of experiencing, of having fun. I mean, I think, you know, I think we also, we're also, our souls are having a good time here. I think one of the reasons we're here, I mean, you know, it's like when we go on a vacation, you know, you're when you go on a vacation, you are you're you're going there to experience a new place you're going there to learn about a new culture but you're also going there to enjoy yourself right and i feel because this question has come up many times that when you come here do you plan everything in advance or do you kind of take it as it comes so i think my what i personally feel is that it's a mix of both things so like if you're going on a vacation you're going to plan probably the hotel you're going to stay in. You're going to maybe plan your rental car, your flight, you know, all that stuff. But you might not plan out exactly every restaurant you're going to go to. Or you're not, you're, you are you won't plan out exactly every shop you're going to go to. You know, you let, you let certain things happen spontaneously and certain things you plan out. So I feel that we planned out our lives to a certain extent. Like, you know, maybe we planned out that, you know, we're going to be born, say, in India or in America or, you know, on Earth or on some other planet or whatever. And you might plan out your parents or your your background and things like that and certain events in your life. But I think that 
you don't plan out your day-to-day life. It's like, that's where the fun is. That's where you're going to learn and you're going to experience stuff. And I feel that uh, there's a higher intelligence, which we call God, the creator, or the source or whatever. And I feel that that higher power is also experiencing things through us and learning and growing through us. I, I don't believe, honestly, that though I love, you know, I, I, I really believe in the higher power. I believe in God or source, but I, I also believe that God is also growing. God is also learning. God is also evolving through us. A common theme of many of my guests is that we need to love ourselves more. And I was checking out your YouTube channel and you have a video there that is mm -hmm. about five steps to forgive yourself. Can yep. you share with us those five steps? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> before that, I just want to say something about loving yourself. I think loving yourself is one of the most important things <clears throat> that we're here for. And I don't think there's anything wrong in it. Um, if you remember what Jesus said, when he said, love your neighbors as yourself, he didn't say love your neighbor more than yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. So we, we tend to forget that we're supposed to love ourselves too. Okay. So I think when it comes to forgiving yourself or forgiving others, there are five steps that, that need to be followed. And, um, there could be a lot more, but in this particular video that I made, I've given five steps. The first is to acknowledge your feelings. Uh, many times we have feelings that we tend to struggle with or we wrestle with them. You know, you could feel guilty about something. You could feel anger or resentment or, or whatever it is. You could feel love or whatever. You know, our feelings is like a big mix, like a cocktail of different feelings, right? So... I think the first thing we need to do is acknowledge our feelings. So if you're feeling angry or guilty about something, don't feel guilty about feeling guilty or don't feel angry about feeling angry. At that moment, just, just feel, just feel it, just acknowledge it. Like we're human beings having, you know, we're human beings right now, right? And part of being a human being is to feel and to have emotions, right? So Acknowledge your feelings. Don't wrestle with them. Just sort of try to observe them as a third person, you know. And when you start acknowledging your feelings, that's the first step towards self-forgiveness. Because many times we don't even know that we're angry with ourselves or, or, or we're guilty about something. It's only when you start acknowledging your feelings that you become aware of that. Second is to write it down. Sometimes when you write something down, it just sort of helps you to express it in a more clear way. It gets it out of your system. And writing things down, I feel, has a lot of power. Maybe maybe that's because I'm a writer. I don't know. But, but I feel that writing things down has a lot of power. So write it down. Like if you're angry with somebody or, you know, write them a letter. You don't have to send it to them. Don't have to send it to them. Write it down for your own, just for your own self that you've expressed. Uh, you know, if you're having a problem with somebody, if you're having a hard time forgiving somebody or forgiving yourself, write it down, okay? Third step is find empathy. So I think empathy is a very important thing in life because empathy is when we identify with someone else, right? 
So many times we're angry with somebody and we don't understand maybe the person is going through something in their own life and because of that, they're taking it out on you or something like that. So maybe when you put yourself in another person's shoes and find empathy with someone else, you will understand better. Maybe you'll understand like if somebody is treating you badly or, you know, uh, maybe you you get angry with them. But then if you if you try to wonder why are they doing that, if you try to identify with them, try to look at, you know, maybe they're going through some problem of their own that you're not aware of. So I think finding empathy is a very important thing in uh, step towards forgiving others because it helps you to understand people better, you know? And, and that is also, I think it applies to your own self as well. Sometimes we don't even realize, you know, sometimes we're too judgmental towards ourselves, and we need to give ourselves a break sometimes, you know, because maybe we're going through something. Then actually that's the next step, self-compassion. Practice self-compassion, which includes self-love, self-forgiveness. It's very important for us to love yourself and forgive yourself. You know, when we talk about forgiving others, loving others, not condemning others, it applies to your own self as well. You need to love yourself, forgive yourself, and just understand that, you know, acknowledge the fact that we're here right now, spiritual beings having a human experience. So we're learning. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. It's all part of the process. And uh, practicing self-compassion is important. And the last step is to let go. Just let go of, you know, don't hold grudges. Don't. The more you hold on to these things, grudges or anger, the more it's going to weigh down on yourself. And forgiving someone else actually also benefits you. Because when you hold grudges against somebody, you are actually creating a weight or a sort of a bondage on your own self. And it's very important to let go of that so that you also become free. You know, your mind becomes free. So I think that those are some steps that we could use towards forgiving others and forgiving ourselves as well. Thank you for sharing that. Have you ever had somebody on the other side give you some type of sign they're around, like leaving a feather or a penny or something? Uh, not a feather or a penny, but I have had signs. Like I, I have um, heard songs suddenly come up on on the you know on the radio or or something that reminds me of someone that I lost. I've seen signs like like while driving. Sometimes you just look up and you see a sign on the road or something like that. So. Yeah, I and, and felt that I, I got a distinct feeling that that is somebody, that is a sign from someone that I love. However, I have had one experience in my life, which happened 25 years ago on my honeymoon, as a matter of fact. I was very close to my grandmother, my mom's mom, um, which in India we call Nani. So I remember... There was a guest from India on your show a couple of days ago who was talking about Nana, Nani, Dada, Dadi. So in India, we have words to identify. So Nani means mother's mother. So I, I was very close to her. And uh, she really, I mean, you know, she she loved me a lot. And she also knew my my wife very well when we were still kind of going around. And she really wanted to see us get married. But unfortunately, she passed away 
about four months before I got married. So I, I like my nani really sort of brought me up in a way, like she was with me all the time. So I was very close to her and I felt very bad when she passed away and I used to cry and things like that at times when I used to think of her. So when, when we got married, we went to uh, Europe for our honeymoon and this particular thing happened when we were in Spain in a place called uh, Malaga. Near Malaga, there's a place called Marbella. So that's where we were. And I remember we were staying in this hotel, which was kind of on a mountain. So you got a, you had a view of the ocean, right? So I was asleep at night and it was the middle of the night. It was probably like three or four in the morning or something like that. And I had this really powerful dream. All right. It was so real. Again, it was like, it's hard to say it was a dream. It was an experience I was having which was really kind of in a different dimension, but yet physically, I, I mean, I, I, it still looked like the hotel room. It still looked like Marbella, but I saw this light open up on top of the, the roof of the, of the hotel room. And this light come down this ladder, all right? And my grandmother, who was 81 when she passed away, came down that ladder and she looked absolutely healthy she looked probably to be maybe in her 40s maybe she 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 was not like very she was sort of in like middle age she looked like um her body would look kind of like a silvery white color and i could just see this light and she looked so happy she looked so healthy and she just came to me and she said look i'm in a very good place do not feel bad about me do not uh, be sad because I am in a very good place. As you can see, I'm absolutely healthy now. And someday we will meet again. You will also come here someday. And until then, just, you know, like live your life and don't worry about me. I'm fine. She said this to me. And, you know, she was wearing a kind of a, you know, like you see these, I don't know, the sort of Roman or Greek. Uh, you see them in movies. You see these girls wearing a like a dress with this flower like a you know like this crown made out of flowers it was she she was wearing something like that and uh she said that and she just you know she she just like i woke up i woke up and when i woke up i'm like i was breathing heavily and i got up and i went to the balcony and as i was telling you that this place overlooks the ocean right the sea the it overlooks the mediterranean sea and it was a cloudy night, but there was this one patch of clouds open. And this beam of light, a beam of moonlight was falling on the water. And when I saw that light, it was just a, like a signal, like a sign that the experience I had was actually a uh, like a visitation that I had with my grandmom. It sounds like you yeah. had a contact dream. Yeah. Yeah, a contact dream, exactly. And and you know what, Jeff? The interesting thing is that ever since I had that dream, I it had such a powerful impact on me. I have never, um, you know, I mean, I love my grandmother and I miss her, but I've never felt sad after that. It's because you know it was it was like that experience was so powerful that like I I I mean I know without a shadow of a doubt that she it was her and she's fine so i don't feel sad anymore you know what i mean that's great
I was also looking on your YouTube channel and I saw a video about life being a virtual reality game our souls are playing. Yeah. So I'm assuming you believe in the matrix simulation theory. <laughs> yeah, you know, the matrix simulation theory. Yeah, I mean, I my belief on that is a little different. So in the matrix, you know, the matrix sort of has a negative connotation to it, right? So the world has been taken over by AI and we're actually living in these pods and you know we're getting our energy sucked out of us and things like that. And we're just experiencing the world kind of just to be kept alive by the AI. So I, I don't look at it from in that negative point of view. I feel that we're actually in a much better place than we are here right now. And we're actually kind of experiencing uh, uh, this physical world kind of the way, you know, you experience a virtual reality game. So now you could be here on this in this world and you have that VR headset and you're so immersed in the game, you might actually forget that you're part of a larger world, right? Now, the way I look at it is just like the virtual world, the computer world, right? The digital world is a part of the physical world, right? I mean, computers are a part of the physical world. Although the digital world seems to be a little different from the physical world, right? But yet it's a part of the physical world. So what I feel is that this physical world that we live in, in a similar way, is part of the spiritual world, all right? So the spiritual world is the real world. And we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. So our spirits are experiencing something similar to a virtual reality game but at a much higher level of technology where we actually feel we think that we're actually you know we're actually this body we're actually experiencing everything and i feel that what we call death in a way is like taking off the taking off the head you know the the headset you know it's like you take it off and you realize oh okay you know that was a nice game now now i'm back home you know, so th that's, I feel that is one of the, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I think that kind of makes sense. It, it, it makes sense that that our our souls have created this or the spirit, spiritual powers, spirit beings or whatever, or source or somebody, something has created the entire thing, you know. But then again, it's kind of, when you think of it, maybe the spirit world is also, you know, like a virtual reality game of a higher level and so on and so on and so on. So because now that reminds me of this one experience I had where I had this, again, it was a dream, but it was so real that it had to be like my soul, like an astral travel experience. I suddenly felt that I was in this park. It reminded me kind of like Central Park or Hyde Park. But when you look around, you see these buildings that look like Greece and Rome. And this is another thing I've noticed in many of these stories is that for some reason, the world that we go to looks like Greece and Rome. Like you see buildings with columns and like just temples and things like that. So I was at this park and there was this bench and there were a group of people, souls sitting there, look like human beings, but glowing a little bit. And they all, I knew them and they knew me. 
but I, I, I'm like, and we knew each other for a long time, but I'm sure that they were not, they're not people who are here on earth right now. So they kind of looked at me and they were like, what are you doing here? You know, it's kind of like, you know, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here right now, you know? And I, I don't remember what I said to them. And then suddenly I, we hear she's about to come. So in the park, there was this, in the middle of the park, there was this platform kind of a place. Like you have concerts. Sometimes you have a concert, like in the middle of a park, you know, and the, the, the person is up there singing and everybody's around them. So it was kind of like that. So we all kind of went there and we were just waiting for her to come. And finally, when she did come, turns out that the level that I was at at this at that particular time is higher than the earth. But there was a, a being, like a goddess that came from a higher level. It was literally like the, the cloud just opened up and she just like this light came and just she appeared there. And her face was like morphing. So like one minute, it would look like, say, Mother Mary. It would Then it would look like one of the Hindu goddesses, Durga or Lakshmi. And then it would turn into a Greek goddess. So it was just going on turn, like changing. And her eyes were sort of like cool, like fire. Okay. And she just like put her hands up. And the moment she did that, there was this unbelievable power of love. This unbelievably like powerful feeling of unconditional love. It was just like, you know, going through you, you know, and you felt that love and you felt almost like you were in bliss that happened for a few seconds. And then she went back, right? She goes back from where she came from. And from what I remember was that this happens two times a day there. Now, again, I don't know what day means because Time has a very different meaning there. And a very interesting thing about that particular dimension or realm I went to was what I call FHE, female healing energy. So that I've actually written an article about this. So in that particular reality, uh, healing people was as easy as it is to talk on the phone. Like, you know how common it is to talk to be on your phone today? That's how common it was on that place to heal each other and heal yourself. And they called it female healing energy because uh, from what I learned is that we all have different like types of energy, male and female energy in us. And it's that female energy that is harnessed and actually heals people. Now, one of your books is called The Cosmic Light Within. Right. What is it about and where can people find it? Sure. So the Cosmic Light Within is actually a collection of the articles of mine that have come in these newspapers. So it is like right the, the version that is available right now on Amazon uh, is currently, I mean, it's available on Amazon, but it, I'm coming out with a new version very soon, which will incorporate some new articles. But yeah, the book is a collection of the spiritual articles of mine that have come in various newspapers in India. And it deals with things from, you know, things connected to the afterlife, things about um, meditation and love, you know, those sort of topics. And it's available on Amazon. And if you go to, either if you go to Amazon, or if you go to my website, prashansolomon.com and click on the book section, you can get them from there.
After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open yeah. to that? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. What's so the they best? can get in touch with me through my website, um, prashantsolomon.com and or my email address. And I'm also there on Facebook and you know they can look me up there. That That's fine. Or my YouTube channel, whatever. I, they can connect with me. If they put Prashant Solomon in YouTube or in Facebook, they'll find me. Prashant, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Sure. We are all spiritual beings having a human experience. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So when you let that sink into you, it changes the way you look at life. It makes you more uh, aware that what you're experiencing is something that is a passing phase. So we should not get really upset when things don't go our way or we face hardships in life because we're all spirit beings coming here to learn and experience. And ultimately, we're going to go back to our home. And whatever the difficulties in life that we're facing are actually lessons that we're learning. It's kind of like when you go to the gym and you work out, your muscles, in order to get strong, they have to face some resistance. So, you know, the, the difficulties that you're facing in life are the resistance that your soul has to overcome to get stronger. So just always remember that this, this whole existence is about love. We're here to love each other unconditionally, love ourselves and love the creator. And I feel that if more of us start living like that, the world will be a much better place. So that is my message to everyone is that it's ultimately it's all about love. But remember that we're, that ultimately we're all going to go back home to the same place. So it's, it's all good. Prashant, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Thanks a lot, Jeff, for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.